Hey guys, welcome to my third Author Roundtable video. My name is Lachlan Peary and joining me today are a very talented group of young authors from the USA. I'd like to welcome Shava Kozel, Casey Redd, Josiah Biddlecombe and Maggie Bauer. Today we'll be talking about the process of writing and we'll also be talking about how the COVID environment over the last two years has changed us as writers. If you guys enjoy this video, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, if you'd like to find out more about us, you can find our social media details in the description section below. So guys, just kicking off with a different kind of question. Being writers in the USA, how has the changing landscape in the States um, over the last two years affected the way you write? And how have you been managing your writing with everything that's been going on? Okay, so with how it affected my writing more, more is the experience that I gained from what's happening politically, uh, COVID and everything else, but how it like affected my time and writing in that way, it hasn't really changed it in except for giving me more time for writing. Yeah, true, true. How about you, Maggie? I would have to agree that I got more time to write. And I think that it pushed me to go outside of my comfort zone again. I had been in college and hadn't been writing as much. And it really gave me time to hone in. And it was really nice to connect with other writers throughout the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, via this Facebook group, via Instagram, via all of those different things. Um, so I think that it really improved my writing to a great extent, honestly. Yeah, that's awesome. How about you, Shaiwa? Well, so actually, like right before the pandemic is when I started writing again. I had taken a break for years and years. And uh, then, then I started writing and then the pandemic hit. And we actually got to work home for the current the job I had at the time. So just like they said, it gave me way more time to write. I was here all day and got a lot done that way. Oh, awesome. I know you have a story um, about this, Casey. What are your thoughts? Um, me is completely opposite it, because I, I have two kids. So my responsibility level went up. So it caused me not to be able to write as much. But now that things, you know, is getting back to kind of normal I'm able to fit into the writing and get trying to get a schedule on um together so now yes yeah. it's, it's a lot better now yeah but it was a challenge though yeah so um has COVID worked its way into your stories um in any form like have you been finding that your characters or themes have morphed into something sort of more apocalyptic in nature? Um, it wasn't, it kind of has a tiny bit, but not so subversive as that. It's more like yeah. it, I have a political satire and I specifically incorporate things of that, but I don't like reference it as COVID or anything yeah. else. I didn't yeah. say well, the pandemic and people are still frightened of this, so they're wearing masks. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that's about it. Yeah, that's cool. Maggie? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's awesome that like a lot of artists are putting COVID more into their work and normalizing the different aspects of our new normal. Yeah, um, yeah. I write more poetry. So I have just had like a couple poems here and there that deal with the pandemic, but uh, a lot of my themes are a little bit broader, but still kind of the COVID's within that broader theme. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Chava? Yeah, so it has not worked its way into my book at all. I think maybe if I was doing a different genre, it might be kind of fun to add some COVID elements, yeah. pandemic stuff. But I mean, with what I'm doing now, it hasn't worked its way in there. Mm. That's nice. So that's some escapism for a lot of people that I think people crave right now. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you, Casey? I haven't as of yet. I do have some ideas to write some poems um, regarding COVID, but as of right now, I haven't incorporated in anything with COVID. All right, awesome. You guys are awesome. Keeping COVID out of it. <laughs> so yeah, um, moment. on to my next question. Um, I know myself, um, when you start off as an author without a big name and you don't have the support of those um, big publishing houses, um, it's very challenging. Um, getting your book out there and seen by people. Have you um, been managing to capture people's attention um, with everything that's been going on in the US lately? Um, I haven't been doing quite a good job, but I've been doing what I could by just plugging myself in wherever I could, like yeah. joining tons of Facebook groups and sharing my posts everywhere. And mm -hmm. uh, doing Amazon ads and getting featured on random websites and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Maggie. Yeah. That's really awesome. I think that for me, uh, I still live where I grew up and I was a big part of the poetry scene here when I was younger. And oh. so I did have at least a local kind of following or like the group of people yeah. who knew I wrote and um, I think that that helped me transition onto things like Instagram for marketing. Yeah. I was also a business administration major. So marketing is really fun to me. So like yeah. you were saying, I just, you know, you put yourself out there, get on different websites, figure out what kind of ads are working for you. Yeah. Awesome, Maggie. Chava? Uh, yeah, so I kind of have the same answer as of right now. I'm just kind of joining different groups. I have a few on Facebook. Instagram has been a really big one for me. Um, you know, just making all those connections and trying to grow my platform. I personally haven't shared too much about my own work at this point, but just finding all those people with the similar interests and yeah, growing that way. Totally, totally. Casey? For me, I found that the Facebook groups, they're not, it's, I joined a lot of them hoping that, you know, I can put, put out my work and be successful in that aspect, but they have so many rules. Oh, you can't post this. Oh, yeah. you can post once a week. Yeah. Oh, you post every two, three weeks. So I cut that out. So now I just focus on, I try to do at least a, um, a poem once a week on Instagram yeah. and, um, and market. That's how, I, yeah. that's how I put yeah. myself out there. Yeah. The marketing actually works. Awesome. I was looking at it last night. Yeah. Awesome, Casey. Um, so 
How do you guys want to stand out as authors and um, what do you hope people take away from your stories, um, especially being in the current environment that we're in? I want to stand out um, for the morals that I put into each work. So, for example, I have a humorous graphic novel. doesn't seem to have any purpose behind it, just characters getting hurt and being stupid. Um, but there's actually a moral at the end on like the last page. It says, final note, the purpose behind all this is don't be stupid or you might get hurt or end up in jail. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, for me, I just want people to feel like comfort, especially right now and like not alone. Yeah. I write a lot about, <clears throat> sorry, I write a lot about chronic illness and um, about like trauma and things and overcoming those things. So I just want other people going through a lot of the same things who often feel alone, especially during COVID to feel less alone and like somebody else gets it. Yeah, totally. Shaiva? Um, so as far as standing out goes, I guess I just really, you know, want to write stuff that's relatable, create situations that everyone's been in, or maybe you haven't been in, but something you can look at and say, what would you do in a situation like that? And uh, as far as what I want others to take away, I guess, you know, just something they enjoy. Um, if they, if I can have a reader want to keep reading to know the end of the book and be sad when it ends. Um, yeah, that, that would be enough to make me happy. Yeah, 100%. Casey? For me, I just want to make sure that people are related to the people, that they, they love it, and that they get some motivation from it, some inspiration from it. I understand that they're not alone because, you know, the, the different types of poetry that I write. So I'm hoping that my when they read my poems, it actually reach them and take them from a dark place because everybody's handling this pandemic differently. Some people's going yeah. into depression and all that. So I, I'm hoping that when they read my stuff, that it, it brings them back to happy, bring them back happy. Yeah, that's very good. So um, what are your thoughts on breaking into the writing industry nowadays? And um, what are the difficulties that you've been encountering, you've been encountering um, in trying to get your works out there? So breaking in is like trying to push down a big wall. Yeah. Um, like the stage is just crowded with a bunch of people and some of them are just wannabe authors who don't get the help that they need to make their book quality. They just put it out, the shove it out there and full of typos and stuff. Yeah. Then there's people like us who are just trying to do our best so that people will actually like it and try mm. to make it quality. Mm. And there's all these other people just taking up the space. Yeah. And in terms of difficulties, there's a lot of like misdirection. Like there's vanity publishers, there's uh, lack of support. And a lot of times it seems very cutthroat. Everyone is like just after their own promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hard to find people that are willing to help each other. Yeah. Yeah, Maggie? that's so true. I think that's very true. And I think that 
a good point you made was like the industry can become oversaturated really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like if you put out a book at like the wrong time, like I think that planning when your book comes out is really important yeah. for that. Um, but it's still so hard. I know that poetry has risen 17% in sales in recent years, um, a lot in part due to Instagram. But that also means that there's so many new authors trying to get their name out there. And like you said, some of them are more serious than others. And I think that there's value in all of it, but it becomes really hard for the consumer to look and say like, okay, which of these is going to be what I'm looking for. And I think that when you don't have a huge budget, if you're like newer in the industry, it becomes even harder because publishing houses don't really help you with, um, promotion typically it's you as an author and so when you're a small author and you don't have a big budget for those things it becomes a lot harder um and it has to become more genuine connection than just promo promo yeah very true Aggie. Shava? yeah so that is actually something i haven't quite experienced yet i haven't gotten really that far mostly right now i'm just working on my book i haven't um looked into the publishing. I haven't looked into much past what I'm doing now. I think, you know, once I finish the book, it'll be, um, you know, another big hurdle, but for now that has not been any issue for me. I have just, you know, kind of been dreading that end because I know how difficult it is, but, um, I talked to other authors and discussed with them, like, you know, routes they took and why they took that particular route to try to give myself a better idea of what direction I want to go. Yeah. Awesome, Shava. Casey? For me, I haven't um, received any correspondence from any publishing houses, but I do know I want to go the self-publishing route. And um, I do receive a lot of scam, though, from them. Yeah. Not the not the, the real publishing house ones, but the, you know, the ones that tell you, oh, you pay us $300, we'll do this, pay us $500, pay us $1,000, so yeah. As an indie author, if you have a big budget, it, it helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, it does help a lot. Totally. Um, so, guys, being independent authors, how do you want your works to be seen by the public? Um, is there a certain image that you're aiming for? Um, to give an example, I mean, this is just in my mind, um, are you hoping to be someone like Jenna Moresi, if you know about her? with like a big social media following that you can sell your stories to? I want to be seen more for my work and people to see it as professional, concise, and yeah. something they'd want to read again and yeah. again. Yeah. And again. Yeah. True. I'm yeah. uh, Maggie? Yeah, I would have to agree because um, I think that each of my books have had a different purpose or niche um, under kind of the same umbrellas. Yeah. And so I just really want to connect with those groups and make people feel less alone and also raise awareness um, for the different things and how it really feels. Like I feel like so many people don't know what a chronic illness feels like or yeah. what it's yeah. like to really be in a more toxic relationship and things like that. So yeah. I want my books to be that example. I don't necessarily, I mean, having a big following can help with marketing, but that's, I think, definitely not the end goal. And if it is, I think you're starting from the wrong place. Yeah. Very good, Maggie. Shava? 
So as far as like a certain image goes, I don't really have one that I'm aiming for, you know, the particular genre I'm working on now doesn't necessarily, you know, it might not be the same thing I work on later in the future. So um, image wise, I'm not sure. I don't have anything specific um, as far as how I'm going to be seen by the public, you know, just something relatable, kind of like they were saying, you know, something that, you know, maybe the reader wants to read again and again. Yeah. Awesome. Casey? Um, I would have to agree. I don't, I don't necessarily want to, um, I don't have an image that I'm trying to uphold, but I do want to, you know, be a clear, um, clear concise. I want to make sure my work is authentic. I want to make sure that it's not, for me, it's not, it's, about, it's not about the money. It's about sending a message and making someone feel better. Like um, Maggie like said, you know, with, like she's um, mentioned the chronic illness. I wrote about mental health and relationships and things like that. So it's not really about the image for me. Yeah. Awesome responses, awesome. guys. This is great. Um, so are you ever dissatisfied with your final product? Is there still something you can't get across in, um, in your final um, works? dissatisfied in final product so I never consider something a final product even if it's published until I find every single typo and get rid of it yeah yeah and but once but if you consider published as final product then yes always <laughs> but if you consider it as it's perfect now then no, but they're never, it's never quite there. Um, yeah, yeah. But in terms of getting something across, I never had difficult, there were some little difficulties with like hard topics, but I always found a way to incorporate it in and try to get the reader to understand it. Yeah, that's awesome, Jasar. That's great. Yeah, I think that yes and no. I think that I'm mm. usually almost done with my next project before I put out one. And I, I really work hard to try and make sure that that final product is perfect for what it is. Yeah. But it always feels like by the time I put it out, I'm more excited about the next thing. Yeah. Like I might love it and feel like it's perfect for what it was and what I wanted it to be. But then I'm still like, okay, move along. Let's, let's yeah. get to the next yeah. thing. I'm really excited. Yeah, very true. So, yeah, well, so I think there's always things, you know, you're going to be unhappy with. Um, I had a big problem with this with the first book I tried writing. It was, I had it basically completely done in there, but there was just this element in it that I didn't like. I couldn't relay it. I just didn't know how to write that specific thing. And I ended up rewriting basically the whole thing and it kind of, you know, wore me out on that one. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, and I, I just think the most important thing to remember is, you know, that you writing a book is hard. You can't give up just because, you know, you're not happy with the result. Just kind of look back and see how far you've come. Awesome show. Cassie? For me, um, when I'm writing, um, it could be, I consider it because most of the time I don't, I don't edit it. it whatever I write, that's a first take is done. But yeah. Then it's sometimes where I, I reread it and I'm like, well, I can, you know, reword this, change it up in case I make it 
you know, the metaphors um, too difficult. And I, and I be thinking that the reader may be, get a little confused. So yeah, I may go back and go ahead and edit it some. Yeah. Then I'd be satisfied my final product at that time. All right, awesome. So um, being authors entering the literary landscape, what are your thoughts on where fiction writing is going? Um, do you think fictional stories can be improved in general? Um, this can include nonfiction as well. Um, and what are your thoughts on audiences nowadays? Okay, so for, at least for the young adult genre, it seems extremely hyped up. Yeah. And seems like gram grammar and vocabulary are going down. A little bit <laughs> then you have all the self-published authors like us but then you have some self-published authors who have like a real reason for staying self-published because it's like extremely sexual uh yeah. no grammar skills at all yeah something like that um and then you have all this plagiarism or fan fiction where they're like using orcs and hobbits and Sherlock Holmes and yeah. <laughs> everything else. But audiences nowadays, I think, still expect the same quality they expect from classical liter literacy. Yeah. Uh, but you have a lot of junk. And so when a quality writer is trying to find their audience, you still have all the other people in the way. And yeah. it's really yeah. hard to get to a publisher so that they can get you to your audience. Yeah, I totally agree, Josiah. Maggie? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of it can be improved. I think that that's always the case though. I think that when you're looking at classical, like older things it's typically one perspective um yeah. it's typically like an older white man uh's mm -hmm. perspective on a story so I'm, I'm really hopeful for where genres are going and where fiction and nonfiction are going and the different yeah. stories we're telling yeah. but i also want them to be quality because yeah. Yeah. people are going to not want to continue to buy stories from different people if they're not good um, and so I think that we have to be really careful when we self-publish um, to not put out something with bad grammar or a completely plagiarized um, yeah, yeah. thing. Like, yeah. I think you have to be really sure of yourself. But I think that there's a lot of positives to self-publishing. Yeah. So Totally. Awesome, Maggie. Ciao. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. There's, you know, always room for improvement. Um, and I think with all the different platforms to read and purchase books, all the places you can go to read reviews, um, I just think, I think it's going to keep growing definitely. And then you, you know, can get into these different sub genres and then, you know, find maybe a genre that you weren't even considering reading before. Um, and as far as audience goes, I think that just, it changes person to person, you yeah. know, just because one person really likes one thing does not mean the next person is. So, you know, everyone just has their own opinions on yeah. everything someone's gonna like it someone's not yeah very good yeah Casey yes I would agree there's always room for improvement as long as you have 
um, places like Amazon Kindle, where it's endless amount of books that you can read, even yeah. when you have the monthly subscription. So there's always room for improvement. And as long as we continue to make quality work, like everyone else was saying, yeah, I think we'll, we'll be in good shape. Yeah, very good. Um, so a bit of a different question. Um, how do you guys go about addressing concepts or feelings that are hard to describe in words? Sometimes it depends on it. Yeah. Lots of times I incorporate it into the story in a way of showing instead of telling. Yeah. Like acting out. Have the characters show what it's what it's like yeah and then the reader would take the side of the characters and then kind of experience it for themselves yeah awesome that's that's fantastic because i think that it's it's very similar mm. um one of my favorite things that i've ever learned was that we keep writing the same stories over and over again until we tell them right yeah. especially when you're doing like more confessional like poetry mm. um and i think that confessional works its way into every story we write, uh, yeah. fiction, poetry, nonfiction, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that I try and put myself back in that moment that's making me want to write this. Um, like yeah. Yeah. if I'm writing a poem about a specific emotion, what moment triggered that emotion in me? And can I go back there? And can I write from that spot? Yeah. Very good, Maggie. So. Yeah, so I think for me, what I found to be the easiest when describing certain feelings is, you know, just you got to get yourself in that mood. Maybe, you know, if you're writing a sad song or a, a sad scene, you could just put on a sad song, watch a sad movie, something like that. Um, you know, act out what's happening in your book. What is your character doing? What are their facial expressions? How are, you know, how are they standing? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Casey? Uh, for me, it's like if I'm watching something on the news, something on the internet, and um, I I get emotional about that. So that's where my emotions will come from when I'm starting to write. And how do I describe it? Basically, if I don't, if I'm trying to describe something that I don't really know about, I go and go ahead and do some research on it to get yeah. a better understanding on it. So yeah. that I make sure that I'm writing. The right things because I don't want to trigger people be like, well, this guy is just making up some BS, you know. So yeah. I make sure that I do that. Right. Yeah. So um kind of similar question. Um, but being young writers, do you sometimes feel like um your lack of experience on a certain topic or in a certain area will show in your stories? And if so, how do you overcome that fear of self-doubt? Um, there's a tiny bit of fear or self-doubt of that particular topic, um, until I go and research, yeah. find first accounts and stuff yeah. like that. So my first book that I publish, Infantry Soldier, it has battle scenes and I was never in battle. Mm. So how do you try to make it realistic and true to that when that's such a hard thing for someone who's not a veteran to actually describe. And yeah. so I read, um, so 
Red Badge of Courage was actually written from uh, first-hand accounts. And then I also had a veteran actually read the book. Well, the main, the main chapter. That's really cool, Josiah. Sorry, my thing just got off. Maggie? That's a really good, I love that you had somebody read it who had that experience. I, I typically write about things that I am experiencing more confessionally, um, but I like to use metaphors and fun metaphors. And sometimes I have like an idea for a metaphor, but I don't really know about it. And so like everybody else is saying like, I do research. I think that the only way you can be authentic is to know what you're talking about. And yeah. so I think that research is such an underrated step. Um, when I was writing fiction, you know, you do like huge character development, like in that nobody ever reads, you know, you answer 50, 100, 200 questions about your character that never make it in the book. Um, because I think you have to be well-researched in every part of what you're writing. Yeah. And I think workshops, sorry, one last thing, I think workshops and things like this um, and places where you can share your work are really important because it can show your blind spots. Yeah, very true. Chava? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, research is definitely one of the biggest things. You know, you're not expected to know everything, but if you're going to try to tell it, you need to do your homework on it. Um, you know, reading a similar book, watching a movie, you know, there's so many things. Talk to somebody. We have the internet. Um, as far as overcoming it, you know, you just writing is hard. Don't give up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Casey? Um, I agree with everyone else. Uh, just be consistent, be authentic. And when you are when you have questions, when you're questioning yourself, just do research. That's the best way to go. Yeah. You continue, you continue, you be a, you become a better writer the more you read. Read and write and go, go hand in hand. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Um, so I know finding the time to write can be um, quite the task. Um, especially in the, in the environment we're in and not having writing as a main source of income. How do you guys juggle life and writing? And what are your tips for anyone who's watching this video on how to do this? Keep tea and snacks near your desk and keep the Word document open and make it a place where associate writing with relaxing. Yeah. So then whenever you're you want to relax, start writing. Yeah. I think that trying to write is a great place to start like every day, you know, sit down and try for 10 minutes, even if it's like a free write, um, mm. just to get your brain moving. And then a lot of times I feel more inspired after that 10 minutes and I can actually write, right. Um, I, I'm lucky and not lucky where I'm fully disabled. So I do um, stay home and I unfortunately don't have a job. So writing is my main source of income, but I think that that is a blessing and a curse, you know, like yeah. I, it has made my writing such a bigger part of my life and that makes me very happy. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good, Maggie. Shabba? So, well, I love what uh, Josiah said about having the snacks at your desk. Um, yeah. But so for me, I, you know, had to learn how to utilize my time. So maybe instead of watching, you know, a movie or something, use that time to write. I yeah. tend to keep a notebook with me 
um, always just because, you know, you never know when your ideas are going to happen. Um, I recently found this really cool app that connects to my computer. So even if I'm not home, I can just type whatever, you know, ha ideas happen and um, I get home and it's already on the computer for me. So it's been really oh, helpful. Really? Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cassie? Yeah, I use a word dump. Sorry. Oh, for me. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, for me, I use Google Doc. Um, Google Doc is perfect. You, I use it on my phone, and um, as she said, the Google Doc you can upload it anywhere. So I can, I type something, I write something on my phone, and when I get home, I can look it up on the computer, have you know a bigger picture of it. As far as finding time. Um, I work full time, so I just have to manage, um, and I'm a night owl, so I just try to manage some time before I, I go to bed. Yeah. But sometimes when I have when I can't go to sleep, I get my phone, jot some jot some things down, and just look at it later. Yeah. And that, that's how I manage. Awesome, Casey. Okay, guys, two final questions. Um, what's the last great book that you've read? And what book has shaped you as a writer? Born Peace and Elements of Style. What's Elements of Style? Elements of Style by uh, William Strunk and uh, edited by, uh, ah, I can't remember his name. Uh, well, it's, I'll show you. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's basically all grammar, uh, vocabulary, writing, everything, just super concise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. So it's the writer. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Maggie? I would say the last book, that great book I read would be um, Jasmine Mann's Black Girl Call Home. It yeah, is yeah. fantastic. I, I met her several years ago and she's a fantastic uh, writer. And yeah. then the one that shaped me, I would have to say, um, anything by Kim Adonzonio. I don't know how to say her name. Adonzonio. Uh, yeah, she's yeah. phenomenal. Uh, and her style meshes really well with mine. I actually got introduced to her work because our styles were similar. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, awesome. So? Uh, yeah, the last book uh, I read was, uh, it's actually one of my favorite books, When It Rains by Lisa DeYoung. She, yeah. uh, this particular book of hers is just, I don't know, it's so emotional and I've never had, you know, a book just, I don't know, it was like tear me up like that one did. Yeah. It's just, yeah. He does a really good job, you know, getting into those feelings. Um, so I, I really love it. Um, as far as what book shaped me, I don't know if there's any one particular book that has. I think I kind of take, you know, different things from different genres and try to use that to better my own writing. Yeah, true, true. Casey? Um, the last great book I read, I would say that would be The 50th Law by 50 Cent and Robert Greene. Yeah. Um, and... One book that shaped me, I would say, is right here. Is it? Your picture's broken it out. 
<laughs> What's the name of it, man? Oh, the subscriber uh, handbook for writers. So basically, um, because I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to, um, edit my own book. But if I can't, then I'm gonna have to pay for um, an editor. But basically, yeah. it has everything. This this book is like 500 pages of grammar and all that um kind of thing. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. shaping me as a better writer. Yeah. Awesome. Cool stuff, guys. Um, so that's all the time we have for today. I know we only had a short session, um, but thanks very much for joining me today. Um, for anyone who's watching this video, if you haven't already, remember to check out our social media links below. Um, also, if you'd like to meet other awesome writers and learn more about our journeys, don't forget to subscribe. Thanks heaps, guys. I'll catch you all soon.